Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 1. Better is a name than good perfume, and the day of death than the day of birth. Solomon says that it's better to have a good reputation than a fine perfume, and back then perfume was not for everybody. It was for rich people. And he also says, it's better the day that you die than the day that you're born. And I suppose that's because the day that we're born is the day that we're born into adversity. In this life, we'll have many troubles. But the day you die will be a lot worse if you don't know the Lord. And that's the part that he left out. Solomon was a preacher, but he didn't preach the gospel. We have to discern between preaching and preaching the gospel. And today, most preachers don't preach the gospel. Solomon had a lot of wisdom to share, but he's not explaining to us how to get saved, at least not at this point. But I did discover one reason why Ecclesiastes made it into the Bible. At the very end, he finally realizes that the best thing that we can do is repent. But we won't get to that part until the end of chapter 12. 2. Better to go unto a house of mourning than to go unto a house of banqueting, for that is the end of all men, and the living layeth it unto his heart. Solomon is saying it's better to go to a funeral than to go to a party. But Jesus said something the opposite. He said, let the dead bury the dead. Jesus wasn't into funerals at all. And I think that's because in funerals, there's a whole lot of hypocrisy. In honor of the dead, people want to say what a good life they had and how awesome they were, when in reality, most people don't lead very good lives. Most people have a lot of skeletons in their closet that they never repent of. So Jesus did not honor the dead. But here Solomon says, it's better to go and sorrow than to go to a party. He's contradicting himself as well, because in previous chapters, he said the best thing we can do is be merry. 3. Better is sorrow than laughter, for by the sadness of the face the heart becometh better. Now that I do agree with, because he says sadness makes our heart more tender or more true, and that is true. The sorrows that we go through will help us to have more compassion toward other people. 4. The heart of the wise is in a house of mourning, and the heart of fools in a house of mirth. It sounds like Solomon is simply stating that it makes more sense to realize that there is a lot of sadness in our lives than to pretend that there isn't. 5. Better to hear a rebuke of a wise man than for a man to hear a song of fools. In Ecclesiastes, there are a lot of proverbs. Here he says, it's better to be corrected by a friend or confronted by a friend than to hear a silly song sung by fools. It's interesting because today people are addicted to their secular music, but they don't want to ever be corrected. So they could learn something from Solomon. It would be better if people were willing to be confronted rather than just hearing songs all day. 6. For as the noise of thorns under the pot, so is the laughter of a fool, even this is vanity. He's saying that fools cackle when they laugh, which I think is kind of true a lot of times. And he's also saying that vain laughter is also vanity. When people are laughing when there's no reason to laugh, which is what people do when they're drunk, for instance. They laugh when nothing is funny. 
7. Surely oppression maketh the wise mad, and a gift destroyeth the heart. A gift means a bribe. So a bribe destroys your heart because it takes your compassion away for the victim, because obviously it's the evil victimizer who would give you a bribe so that you don't carry out justice. And oppression will make a wise man mad, probably because you become emotionally wounded by that. Victims of abuse are a little bit crazy. After so many years of never getting help, they do lose a little bit of their sanity. And that's why the recovery process is so slow. It's because you're getting your sanity back. 8. Better is the latter end of a thing than its beginning. Better is the patient of spirit than the haughty of spirit. Haughtiness is pride. It's when you think you're better than other people. So it's better to be patient than to be full of pride. And we should remember that when we're driving. Those who are patient and don't get upset when somebody gets in our way will do a lot better on the road than those who are arrogant and get angry at everybody because they think they're better than the other drivers. He also says better is the end than the beginning. Maybe that's because in the end you get your final result, but in the beginning you don't know what you're going to get. 9. Be not hasty in the spirit to be angry, for anger in the bosom of fools resteth. Don't get angry quickly. Don't have triggers. When we get angry quickly, we'll do something foolish. Hating somebody that we don't even know. 10. Say not thou. What was it that the former days were better than these? For thou hast not asked wisely of this. He's saying don't complain that the old days were better than today. Because it's foolish. He always said, that there's nothing new under the sun. So when we say that the old days were better, we're presuming that there's new evils under the sun that didn't exist way back when. It seems like with technology and with cities getting bigger, and it does seem like the world is getting more evil. But evil goes in waves. There have been previous generations that are as evil as we are now, including the ancient Israelites when they served Baal. Their actions were a lot like what you see in a big city today with all of the sin that goes on. They were sacrificing children, just like we are today through trafficking and serial crimes and all kinds of things. Really, things have never changed, and it's unwise to think that they have. 11. Wisdom is good with an inheritance, and an advantage it is to those beholding the sun. This says that if you inherit a lot of money, it's best that you also have the wisdom to know how to use it. 12. For wisdom is a defense, money is a defense, and the advantage of the knowledge of wisdom, she reviveth her possessors. Wisdom protects you the same way that money does. It creates a shield around you. And what's great about wisdom is that wisdom gives life to those who have it. It will actually cause you to live longer. 13. See the work of God, for who is able to make straight that which he made crooked? The Lord has made some things crooked, the winding and jagged mountains, and sometimes he makes our own lives crooked because it's for his glory. He allows us to suffer and go through crooked times. He also appoints some people to be blind or deaf. He told that to Moses 
So it's bad theology to say that the Lord never allows anybody to suffer or never allows anybody to have physical problems, because he definitely does. But it's all for his glory in the end, and it's to increase his kingdom. 14. In a day of prosperity, be in gladness, and in a day of evil, consider also this over against that hath God made, to the intent that man doth not find anything after him. He says, Be happy when you have prosperity, and when you have adversity, be thoughtful. Figure out why the Lord is allowing you to suffer, because there's always a really good reason why. And he also says, The Lord has appointed both the days of joy and the days of adversity. So he's allowing you to be prosperous sometimes and at other times to suffer. And it also keeps us guessing so that we can never arrogantly say that we know what God is doing because we don't. 15. The whole I have considered in the days of my vanity, there is a righteous one perishing in his righteousness, and there is a wrongdoer prolonging himself in his wrong. Solomon noticed that sometimes when people are righteous, they suffer for it, and when people are evil, they prosper from it. This is also part of God's will, because it will ultimately glorify him and increase his kingdom. Sometimes your suffering can be a great testimony to others, and it can work out God's will in many other ways as well, including changing your own character and making you more like Jesus. When the Lord allows wicked people to prosper, that can also be because he's giving them more time to repent. God wants everybody saved, whether it takes them three years to repent or thirty years. 16. Be not over-righteous, nor show thyself too wise. Why art thou desolate? Solomon says, don't try to be so good that you can't even enjoy life. 17. Do not much wrong, neither be thou a fool. Why dost thou die within thy time? He also says, don't be so foolish and hedonistic that you end up dying young. He says that there should be a blend of righteousness and wisdom and knowing how to enjoy life. We shouldn't be sticks in the mud, but at the same time, we do need righteousness and character. 18. It is good that thou dost lay hold on this, and also from that withdrawest not thy hand. For whoso is fearing God goeth out with them all. He says, it's good that you understand both points that I'm making. That you should enjoy life, but at the same time, not be foolish. He says, if you fear the Lord, you will avoid both extremes. The extreme of being what he calls overly righteous, which you and I could call being prudish or being foolish. Prudishness is when you pretend that you're more righteous than you actually are. You won't allow yourself to have fun, and you won't allow other people to have fun. 19. The wisdom giveth strength to a wise man, more than wealth, the rulers who have been in a city. A wise man is stronger spiritually than the rich men who are powerful and run a city. If they don't have wisdom, then a wise man can overcome them. 20. Because there is not a righteous man on earth that doth good and sinneth not. Every single righteous person, except for Jesus, who is a hundred percent righteous, all the rest of us who aspire to being righteous, every single one of us has sinned. 
none of us are without sin, and we shouldn't pretend that we are by being prudish. 21. Also to all the words that they speak, give not thy heart, that thou hear not thy servant reviling thee. He says, don't believe everything that people tell you, otherwise your own servant will curse you. And that's because if you believe everything that people tell you, you'll be following one religion one minute and another religion the next, and you'll also get taken in by a lot of con artists, and your own servants will hate you because they'll have to suffer under your poor judgment. 22. For many times also hath thy heart known that thou thyself also hast reviled others. He says, you know that you have had contempt for other people before, and therefore you should know that it's easy for other people to also have contempt toward you. The Bible tells us never to revile people. It's actually a sin, but we have all done it. We've had somebody who we couldn't stand, and we probably said bad things about them behind their back. That's what reviling is. And he says, as easily as you can revile, somebody can also revile you. 23. Also this I have tried by wisdom. I have said, I am wise, and it is far from me. He's telling us, don't do what I did and call yourself wise, because even if you are wise, if you call yourself wise, you are going to turn into a fool. The Lord will have us make a huge mistake that we'll never forget. 24. Far off is that which hath been, and deep, deep, who doth find it? If something is deep, like deep in the ocean, or far away, who can find it? He's talking about wisdom being hard to find. 25. I have turned round also my heart to know and to search, and to seek out wisdom and reason, and to know the wrong of folly, and of foolishness the madness. He said, I tried to understand everything. I tried to understand wisdom. I tried to understand foolishness. I tried to understand reason. And I tried to understand the madness that comes with the human experience. 26. And I am finding more bitter than death the woman whose heart is nets and snares. Her hands are bands. The good before God escapeth from her, but the sinner is captured by her. This is a clue to why the end of chapter 12 is going to finally have the truth for us. He's telling us that he has found that women can lead you astray. Now, women represent false doctrine and false religion. In the book of Revelation, there's a evil woman riding a dragon. That dragon represents false doctrine, and she is the apostate church, the church that believes false doctrine and practices sin because of it. But in Solomon's actual life, his hundreds of wives and concubines all led him into false doctrine. They all led him into paganism. These are women who he describes as being in chains. They're prisoners of their own false religion. And they taught their false religion to him, and he became a prisoner as well. So he did come to the point where he realized that what he was doing with his life was wrong, and that his wives had led him into it. 27. See, this I have found, said the preacher, one to one, to find out the reason. 28. That still my soul had sought, and I had not found. One man, a teacher, I have found, and a woman among all these I have not found. He could find one 
righteous man among a thousand, and he didn't find any women in all of his life that could teach him righteousness. In one of the bonus episodes, I explained that God is 100% male. His persona is male, never female. And that's because male represents one, and it represents leadership. So it makes sense that the Lord would put men more in the position of leadership and make more of them teachers and preachers. In general, there are less women preachers than male preachers. Solomon would never find one woman who could teach him anything. Some people would argue that Paul said in the New Testament that women are not allowed to teach men, and actually Paul didn't say that. He said that women are not allowed to teach their own husbands, and that's also explained in one of the bonus episodes. But again, the women that Solomon knew were the women who he slept with. They were his wives and concubines, and according to what Paul said, they wouldn't be allowed to teach him anything, and they couldn't by Solomon's own confession. 29. See, this alone I have found, that God made man upright, and they, they have sought out many devices. He says that the Lord created us for righteousness. He created us to be like him, but instead all of us seek out sin. With effort we have sinned. It didn't happen by accident. We did it because we wanted to, and that's why we need to repent. We do deserve punishment if we don't repent. And that concludes Ecclesiastes chapter 7.